Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. better and better and better. So, hey, thanks for being here. Uh, As my wife said, she said, you know, a lot of people are still out on vacation. But listen, one of the things that happens every Sunday morning, the best and the most good looking people show up. And so, thanks for being here. You you, you pretty up the joint. Appreciate that. Amen. Well, hey, if you have stayed in in the the connection as to what we do around here, one of the things that we said we do is the last Sunday of the month is that we purpose to go a little bit deeper in God. Sometimes that might be just deeper in worship. It means that we just purpose to pursue Him with a greater passion, right? And sometimes the way that that looks is on a Sunday morning, we might also uh, just go a little bit deeper into the Word of God. You know, on a regular basis, we're trying to reach and minister to the masses, uh, people that are just coming to know Jesus, people that are searching, people that have been in church all their life. And so you're kind of like doing a, a, a message that ministers to everybody at some place in their life. But on this last Sunday, what we end up doing or what we purpose to do is to really minister to those that are believers, those that are followers of Christ. And so in other words, the Bible talks about having the milk of the word and you can grow thereby, but the Bible also speaks about the meat of the word of God. That means you get to chew on it a little bit more. Amen. And sometimes this chewing on it has the opportunity to stretch you. But if you'll graduate to more meaty substance when it comes to God, it will cause you to grow because of the diet that you're partaking of. Does that make sense? And so we're purposing to go a little bit deeper this morning. And so concerning this message, uh, it might stretch you a little bit, and that's good. It's a good thing to be stretched and to be challenged in our faith and our walk with God and seeing things in the Word of God that maybe we've never seen before or challenges in our belief system, right? And you've also heard that the first Sunday, which is next week, is what? Bring somebody to church. So there's 50, huh? Oh, free donut day. Yeah, I forgot about that. Free donut day for sure. See, that's all the more reason why you bring somebody to church because there's free donuts. But remember this, you know, there is 52 weeks out of the year. And so what if you would just invite somebody twice a month to come to church? And not just invite them, but purpose to try to bring them. So this, this think about this. I'm going to start talking about this, and, 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 and you'll hear this from, from time to time. But 2 and 52, if we could just invite two people to church in the 52 weeks, every two weeks we invite somebody to church. Think about that. Let's just say for 52 weeks you invited somebody to church, but you only got two people out of those 52 to come. If everybody just got two people, can you, can you imagine? We'd have to go to multiple services like tomorrow, right? It's just that easy, and people are just waiting to be invited. So praise the Lord. Let's have a good service next week. Amen? Amen. Well, listen, I don't know about you, I'm assuming I've done life with a lot of you guys uh, for a length of time, and so I've kind of gotten to know your personalities. And the funny thing is, is that God oftentimes sends you people like you. And so I'm assuming you're kind of like me. But how many of you like to be told no? Anybody? I mean, if you like somebody to tell you no, wave your hand and say, I love it when people tell me no. I don't know that anybody does, and I especially hate it when I've got something in my heart and somebody tells me no. 
Come on, you know what I'm talking about? That just kind of gets up under my skin. Don't tell me no. I know what I got in my heart. I know what I got to do. I know what I'm set off to, to accomplish. And you tell me no. Don't tell me no. Or somebody say, you can't do that. Don't tell me I can't. You just hide and watch. I'll show you I can. Right? You know what I'm talking about? And so that's just something within me. I can't stand to be told no. But you know what? There is something built into the makeup of every person that has bought into and has been programmed with this idea of no. Or been uh, cultivated on the inside that you can't. Statistics show us that the infants, on average, hear, hear the word no 400 times every day. A toddler hears the word no on average 400 times a day. <laughs> Come on, I relate to you, brother. You look at your wife and you smile and you're like, hey, baby, how you doing? And she says, No. It's like, all right, so you're still getting the word, no, I get it, I get it, man. <laughs> but all through life, isn't that the way it is? You're a little child, and mom and dad say, no, no, you can't do that, stop that, no, no. You go to school, they tell you no, they tell you you can't, they tell you to stop. You get out on the ball field, and the coach says, no, you can't do this, they stop doing that. Everything in our life, we have been programmed with this mentality of the word no, or that I can't. Do something, right? And so instinctively, the way that the enemy works is he works on that programming that has been built on the inside of us so that the moment we step out to start trusting and believing God for something, something rises up on the inside that says, no, I can't do that, right? And so that's why God has instructed us and has given us the mandate as a church to break the back of lack within this community. We've been on this series for a number of weeks now, breaking the back of lack and looking at a lot of different areas. And so the fact that God has said to us, this is part of the mandate of the church, means that you and I need to hear this. I said, we need to hear this. And I know you think, well, dear God, we've been on this for a few weeks now. Listen, that just means that we need to hear this. Come on. It's programmed in us to say, no, I can't. But see, you've got to know that you can. And the word no and that can't attitude is nothing more than a poverty and lacking mentality within life. And God wants to get that out of us so that we don't look at things and say, well, I guess I can't, or well, the answer would be no. But to understand, God's called me to a higher place of understanding that with God, all things are possible. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So God wants us to understand that this is something that we need. And, and like I said, as, as, as soon as we started talking about this, it seems as though there's been one thing or another where the enemy likes to stir the fire. Just stir up the hornet's nest. Now, in this church, we have never, ever had anything stolen in, in the life of this church. Never had problems with break-ins, never had any problems with nothing. God's always had his hand upon us, protected us, it's nef- never been an issue. This past Friday, my dad and my mom were here in the church. They were working on the grounds, and dad had his tractor and had his, had his uh, uh, weed whacker on the trailer. Just serving the church, serving God, doing it with a good heart. 
And this car pulls into the driveway, pulls up next to his trailer, gets out of the car, grabs his weed whacker, throws it in the car, and takes off. In broad daylight with him just 100 yards away. Can you believe that? You think, well, what in the world? See, you, you, you start talking about what God desires for your life, the hornet nets get gets stirred up a little bit. He says, oh, really? You think you can? Well, let me just mess with your life a little bit. Come on. I'm telling you, God knows that we need to hear this, and we're breaking the back of lack. Come on, somebody say amen. So what did we say that lack is? The word lack, or just by simple, simple definition, we said that lack is when it doesn't reach. Areas in our life when it doesn't reach. Well, if you were here last week, we took a little bit of a turn. See, we've been talking about a number of different areas, but last week we looked at the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul was in the midst of a shipwreck. He was in the midst of getting snake bit, but all the while he said, God, who are you? I want to know who you are. And all through the storms and the shipwrecks of life and all the challenges of getting stuck in a rut, we see that God always had his back, simply because his heart was to say, God, I want to know who you are. And as long as we'll purpose to say, God, I want to know who you are, we'll continue to experience all that God has for us. In 2 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says this in verse 3. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things. Everybody say all things. He has given us all things which relate to life and godliness. So God's power has given to us all things that pertain to this life and our life with God. But notice the next words. It says, through the knowledge of him, are saying, God, I want to know you. Come on. He says, not only just spiritually speaking, but naturally speaking, I've got the power. I've got your back to help you take care of all things. Amen. Now, that also sounds a lot like 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And this is what we would call the definition of God's prosperity or God's abundance in our life. He says, may the grace of God abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, and that it would abound to every good work. Did it say some things? The small things. The things that are just out of your reach. No, it says all things. God is able to make his grace or his power abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things. And then notice the last one, that it would abound to every good work. So remember we said this life of privilege that he's given us is not just to be used on ourselves, but it's more than enough to go beyond us and to help serve other people. That's his heart. Amen. I mean, how rough is it when you say, dear God, I wish I could do something, but I can't. Well, God says, I want to get you in a position where you can say, I can, rather than saying, I can't. And the reason we always say, I can't, is because it's crept into our lives, this idea of not having enough, or it doesn't reach. Come on, are you, you doing okay? Is this helping somebody today? Well, in regards to that, If God says, my desire is that you always have all sufficiency in all things, then it would abound to every good work, then here's my question for us. 
How many of us can genuinely say that the body of Christ, Christians today, are living this way? And we would emphatically say, no, that does not resemble the church. Maybe one in a billion, right? (laughs) Maybe that's extreme. It is, obviously. But why is that not the case? Why is it that people are not experiencing that in their own personal life? It's because we as believers have a relationship in the sense that we're going to heaven. We're Christians, but we have failed to continue to grow in this relationship with God of saying, God, I know you, and therefore I live this life just from a mere natural existence. I go from day to day, day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, and I go, God, can I? Well, I guess I can't because I live this natural life. And God says, the way that I have made you is for you to live a supernatural life. The life of a believer was not just to be merely natural, but to be supernatural. That this natural life was to be super. Come on, does that sound good to you? Man, I don't want just a mere life that looks like everybody else. I want people to say, wow, something super about your life. Yeah, my God's good. I live the life of privilege because of my God. Amen? That's his heart and his desire. But now in order to experience that, God has given us some tools. I'm going to address two of them and the first one very quickly so that I can get on to the second point. Number one, the, the, the tool that God has given us to help us experience this life on a supernatural level is the Word of God. I said it's His Word. Jesus Himself said this in John chapter 17, verse 5. He says, if you'll abide in me and my Word abides in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done for you of my Father which is in heaven. So in other words, in order for me to experience God's divine purpose for my life, it is in conjunction with and it is in uh, unity with the Word of God. Amen? You see, if there is an area of poverty or lack within my life concerning this Word, my natural life will express it physically. If there is a deficiency of God's word within my life, there will be poverty and lack naturally in my life. Now understand, we're not just talking about money. We've spent a number of weeks talking about the different areas. It will show up in our life. And let me say this, this is a real strong statement. But without having a continual diet and understanding of God's word, you will never experience or fulfill God's divine destiny for your life. It's impossible because this is God's blueprint for all of our lives. And now I didn't say that you couldn't live a life of purpose. Oh, you can live life with lots of purpose and you might even be happy. But without God's word in your life, if there is a deficiency of where God's word is not reaching into my life, I will never fulfill God's purpose and destiny. Now, I'll give you an example of that. You just saw it on the, the, the media news just as of late. A young 25-year-old singer, very talented young lady, had a house of 12,000 square feet, had a big party. I mean, you would think that she has everything But in the midst of having everything, 
she overdosed and has almost lost her life. How many celebrities do you hear stories of to where they've got everything? They've got money. They've got power. They've got fame. They will establish uh, foundations in their name, and they'll help tons of people and feed starving kids and bring water to those that are thirsty and have have, uh, impure water, and they're doing great things and have purpose for their life, but still yet they are miserable, and what do they do? They turn to substance to bring fulfillment and some kind of existence to their life because all these natural things does not bring purpose as to how God made them and designed them. Amen? So again, it's not just money, power, and fame that brings fulfillment and joy and happiness. No, it's experiencing the fullness of God's divine purpose for our lives. Amen? Again, we said that apart from God's word, I cannot fulfill God's destiny in my life. And remember, the Bible says that God's called us to a life of privilege. So that means that it's not just about me, but it's with the ability to serve people. Amen? Now, what's significant about the Word? Why is it important for me to have a diet of God's Word within my life? The reason why poverty and lack is so prevalent within our lives is because of this thing underneath of our nose. We talk poverty and lack. We tell ourselves no. We say I can't. Why? Because of how we've been programmed. But if I'll find out what the Word of God says, it will teach me how to talk right. It will get rid of my stinking thinking. It will get rid of my negative talk. It will get rid of my hateful self-talk about myself. Why? Because, see, God spoke the Word so that the Word could be written, but it was written so that it could be spoken. Amen? I'll say that again. God spoke His Word so that it could be written, but it was written so that you and I could speak God's Word and agree with it and therefore experience God's best in our life. Can you say amen? Where there is a lack of God's word in our life, poverty and lack are not far behind. There is an area of life that doesn't reach. Whether it's our emotions, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our health, our finances, poverty has a way of creeping in. But number two, The first thing that God has given us is His Word. But the second thing is that God has given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what Jesus said in John's Gospel. He said, the Holy Spirit is going to come, and He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to be your standby, or in the midst of hardship, He's going to be standing there right with you. He'll be the one that that goes to bat for you. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and self-control and kindness. Come on. With the Holy Spirit, He says there is no deficiency, there is no lack, but He brings the fullness of who God is in your life. Amen? That's the desire of God's heart concerning the Holy Spirit. And everything that the Holy Spirit gives us or provides us with as believers 
the world is looking for. As I said to you, you'll see celebrities that have wealth, have power and fame. But how many of them do you see that turn to substance? Why do they eventually turn to substance? Because they're looking for a void to be filled in their life. There is something that is still not reaching within them. And so they turn to a substance to help them feel better. Right? I need comfort. So they turn to substance. I need something to help get me through. So they turn to substance. I need something to pick me up. So they turn to substance. I need something to bring me down. So they turn to substance. I need something to get me off the edge. So they turn to substance. And everything that they're looking for is what the Holy Spirit can give and what His purpose is for. Amen? And this is oftentimes what we see within the church is that we come out of the world and receive Christ. But something is saying, I still need something to get me through. I still need something to bring me comfort. I still need something that will give me peace. I still need something that will give me joy within my life. And fail to understand that Jesus provided the Holy Spirit so that there would be no lack. But because I have a lack of understanding of knowing Him, I revert to what I know. And oftentimes, the church is still connected to the substance to give them the pick-me-up to get them over the hump. You track it with me? And this is one of those things that, I, again, I, I realize it's just where people are at. And I realize this is one of those kind of things that, that becomes kind of a hard conversation, if you will. But I've talked with people, and I was like, Why? Why do you need that? Well, it just makes me feel better. And I said, well, I said, you know, if you go to the beach or if you, if you go have a picnic or if you go hang out, I mean, you're going there to hang out and just have fun with the people, right? I mean, you're still water skiing on the lake. You're still building sand castles. You're still cooking out hamburgers. I said, that's what you're there for in the first place, right? And I'm like, well, yeah. I said, well, well, why do you need the added substance then to, to make it better? And then they said, well, you want me to paint you a, a beer commercial? <laughs> and so what they're saying is like, hey, haven't you ever seen a commercial before? Doesn't it look like so much fun? Well, yeah, it looks like so much fun. But isn't that what I'm there for in the first place is to have fun? So in other words, what we're saying is that if I'm needing substance to make me feel better, drugs, alcohol, nicotine, whatever it might be, pornography, there's these things that have a hold on us and we're saying I need that because there's a lack in my life and I need that to get me through because everything within me, my being is telling me I can't, I'm hearing no and therefore when I get this in my life, I feel better. But what is that saying? That you can't feel comfortable with the real you. You need something to help you feel more like you or to be free. 
And that's what the Holy Spirit is for. He said, I've came that you might have joy. I've came that you might have peace. I've came that you would have comfort. I've come to help teach you and give you everything that you need. And so when you say, I turn to these things to fulfill me, to bring me joy, to make me happy, to make me laugh, to give me fun, you're saying poverty is having its way within my life. Because you're saying what Jesus came to do through the Holy Spirit doesn't reach. Come on, let's go preaching. It is. Somebody slap your neighbor and say, that's good stuff, man. Come on. Now, again, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox. That's not my point. My point is, is that God wants us to truly experience a, li- a life free from poverty and lack. And there are all kinds of things that we are opening our, up ourselves to that really are a conduit or an expression of the lack and poverty that's really in our life. Jesus said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit so that your life would be full. We don't need anything else but Him. Can you say amen? Do we believe that? Now, let's take it a step further. Concerning this poverty and lack. Concerning the the person of the Holy Spirit helping us. I said that the Holy Spirit is all that we need. But for some reason, when we get older, we stop believing that. You know, we got our kids down in kids' church today, and Chuck's down there teaching. Now, kids, listen. Jesus loves you. We sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. The Bible's true. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. God wants you to experience this life and life more abundantly. He's down there just pouring into them. And you bring your kids, and you want them to hear that. But then we go home and we live it out differently in front of them. I want my church to tell my kids that Jesus is all that we need. But when I go home, I live a life that says, it sounds good, but I can't. I need this. Poverty and lack. Boy, it got quiet. Did we turn Presbyterian all of a sudden? I'm saying, no. All right. (laughs) All right. Praise God. No, we're still us. Amen. So again, my point is this, is that we're purposing to trust God and and, and allow God to bring us into a place of privilege and freedom and liberty in every aspect of our life. You still love me, right? Because I'm not pointing fingers and I'm not criticizing and I'm not bringing judgment. I'm just telling you what God desires for us. That you don't need a crutch in your life. But there is something about the Holy Spirit that is available to us as believers. Now again, this is where I said we're going deeper today. Can you say deeper? Deeper. Do you want to go deeper? All right, good deal. We got a short time to get there, so you better start digging. Come on, let's go. Amen. (laughs) All right. So if you remember, Jesus tells his disciples he was raised from the dead. He visits with his disciples and he says to them, he says, now guys, listen. He says, it's, it's imperative that I go. I know you don't, you don't want me to. He says, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to fill you with power. But in, John, in John's gospel, John chapter 20, verse 22, the Bible says 
that he began to minister to his disciples. And the Bible says he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So in that moment is what we call the born-again experience. Or in other words, Christ came to dwell in their heart. The Holy Spirit came to fill them on the inside. And that's when the new creation took place, when the Holy Spirit came within them. Right? He says, receive the Holy Spirit. But then the next chapter in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 He then again tells his disciples, he says, Now, go receive the Holy Spirit. Go into Jerusalem and wait until he shows up. Well, I thought you just received the Holy Spirit. He says, well, yeah, you're filled with the Spirit and you're born again, but there's something more about this Holy Spirit that you must experience. He says, I've I've come that you might experience and have this understanding. Amen? So in Acts chapter 2, Starting in verse 4, the Bible tells us that when they were all assembled there together, the Bible says that all, the pla- all of a sudden the place began to shake, that the wind began to blow, that fire sat upon each of their head, and it says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And upon being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that they began to speak with other tongues. And then after this experience, the Bible says that people started talking Because there was such a commotion. And Peter had to stand up in the midst of him and say, Hey, listen, everybody. Now, these aren't drunk as you suppose. But this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. So I want to draw a parallel here. See, we said that the world always turns to substance to say, Oh, it makes me feel better. It makes me feel fun. It gives me joy. It lightens the load. It, it, It settles my emotions. But the people said that once they received the Holy Spirit, people started to think that they were drunk. So in other words, we could say it this way. Peter says, hey, listen, these people that are having all this fun right now, (laughs) these people that you're thinking, my goodness, they're having such a time, they got to be drunk. He said, no, 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 that wasn't substance that made them feel so good and look so good and feel so and look so happy. It's the Holy Spirit. And God said that this is what was coming. And so therefore, this is available. Amen. And then the Bible tells us this over in... uh, Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Notice what it says this. It says, don't get drunk with wine, for that is stupidity, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Another translation says it this way. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. Another translation says, don't get drunk with wine because it makes you lose control. Instead, keep being filled with the Spirit. And the last one says, don't get your stimulation from wine, for there is a way that, that, that is the way that always leads to danger in excessive drinking, but let the Spirit stimulate your soul. So why do people turn to substance? To stimulate something that I feel that's lacking on the inside. But Jesus said the Holy Spirit is there to stimulate your soul, that you don't have to give yourself to natural substance, but there's something about the Holy Spirit. And he connects it to this second part of when they were filled with the Spirit. And it says that they were speaking with something that they called new tongues. Now here's something that I want to challenge your thinking with. We've had this conversation, or you've heard it before, concerning that church. Are they those 
tongue talkers? Do they speak in tongues? They kind of talk it like that's kind of like a, you just got to watch out for the people, right? You know what I'm talking about? Now, if you went to a Hispanic church, would it sound strange to you to say, do those people speak in Spanish? <laughs> I know somebody has a wife who said they went to a Korean church. Well, would it sound strange? At that Korean church, do they speak in Korean? Well, see, this thing that we have labeled as tongues is not something that God said was weird or spooky or something to be frightful of. He said it is something that is given to the body of Christ to give you a new way to communicate. It's supernatural. Now, remember I talked about receiving the Word of God, that the Word of God is a tool by which it helps us talk right, think right? Isn't it interesting that Jesus said, now, part of helping you live this life is I'm going to do something that affects your vocabulary. Amen. So, in other words, it's not something weird. It's not something to be frightened of. It's something that God says, I'm going to help your vocabulary so that you begin to think right, talk right, and to help you get out of a place of poverty and lack. Amen? And like I said, there's much that we could talk about this. And so there's, there, there, man, we're just limited on time, especially because of some of the things that we've already uh, done this morning. But just as I kind of wrap things up, I want to just share this with you, if you will. You might say, what does it benefit Turn to Acts chapter 2, if you will. Acts chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. You say, what does it benefit me? In Jude 20, the Bible says, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The actual translation says, you build up or supercharge your spirit man. So what do I do? Is it something that's spooky, kooky, or weird? No, it's just a heavenly vocabulary that God says is a supernatural way of building up your inward man. Now, in closing, just to give you this scripture here, for the sake of argument... Because, again, there's this thing where so many people have different ideas and belief systems. And, and, and this isn't to say this is a deal breaker for anybody. If you say, you know what, I don't want that, okay. If you say, you know what, I didn't know you guys were that kind of people. Well, listen, we're still the same people, right? But notice what the Bible says here. In Acts chapter 2, verse 33, it says, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. He's referring to Acts chapter 2 where they were all filled and began to speak with other tongues or having a spirit or heavenly vocabulary. Verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children 
and to all who are far off, and many as the Lord God will call. He said, it's to you, to your children, and to all who are afar off, and as many as the Lord God is calling. Is God still calling? He certainly is. Do you have children and grandchildren? We all do. And he also says you've been called to privilege, exemption, immunity, to live the abundant life and escape poverty and lack. And he said one of the things or one of the ways by which you can come up and think differently and experience differently is through this experience. And he says it's available to everyone. Now you may say, I don't want that. That's okay. But just understand that God made it available for us all. And if Jesus said it was significant enough for us to receive, then I don't want to have poverty or lack or of anything that Jesus said was available. Amen? You might say, gosh, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of thing yet. That's okay. There's no pressure. No pressure at all. I just want you to know that it's available. I know there was a, a, a woman here at the church, still attends here. She came from a denominational background. In fact, there's been Baptist people, Catholic people, Methodist people that have came out of backgrounds and then said, oh, I didn't know that that was available. And God filled them. And they got a heavenly vocabulary. This one particular young lady that I'm referring to, she met with us individually and we prayed for her, prayed with her. And she said, all right. She goes, well, I'm going to go home. And she goes, you know, I just, I just don't want to push it here. She's kind of feeling a little uncomfortable. So she went home and she sat on the edge of her bed, she said. And she said, okay, God, pastor showed me in the word as to what's available. And so I want it. Give me that language. And she said she opened up her mouth. And the moment she opened up her mouth, she said it just started coming out. And she's like, wow, this is so cool. And she said it was coming out. And she started thinking in her head, I wonder if I can stop this. And so she did. And she's like, wow, I can stop it. And then she started thinking, well, man, I, I stopped it. But can I start it again? She goes, I don't know. So she opened up her mouth again to start praying, and it came out again. And her life's been changed ever since. And God has elevated her and taken her places as a result of saying, God, if you've got something for me, I just want it. And so that might be you here today, and you say, I'm not sure about all that. Why don't you just go home? Just search your heart and say, God, help me understand this. If there's more, then I want more. If I can go further and deeper with you, I want to go further and deeper. If you've got questions, in fact, oftentimes on Wednesday nights, we go deeper in those kind of areas. Our church prayer, corporate prayer, or or united prayer, we pray that way. And so you can come around and say, okay, I want to kind of see this in action. Nothing weird. It's just relying on God. Amen? Everybody tracking with me this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Father, I thank you that you're stretching us, you're growing us, you're taking us places in a deeper relationship with you. And God, I know this is one of those topics that depending on the audience, it's a difficult thing to share and minister on. But God, I boldly and confidently and emphatically stand behind your word. For the Holy Spirit so dramatically and wonderfully transforms and elevates our life. So we thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that every person that would be here, that if there's just a sensitivity or a tenderness of heart to say, God, I want more, that you would just meet them where they're at. We thank you, Father, that we want more of you and we want to know you. And as we know you, it breaks the back of lack. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life